It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Welcome on into the 57th, aka the Chris Gokong edition of the Counterpoint Podcast. Uh, it's called the Chris Gokong edition because I really thought Chris Gokong was going to be something. Just a great, a, a very strong football name. Like a name that I was like, man, that guy's a hard hitter. That kind of fun stuff. Um, obviously, did not turn out to be that way. Chris Gokong was bad at football. And, uh, you know, it didn't survive very long. Here's another 57. Like, you know, I, I understand Danell Ellerby wore 57 and he was on the Super Bowl team and all that fun stuff. But he is not worthy of getting a counterpoint podcast named after him. Neither is Keith Adams. Um and on this year's team, it's DJ Alexander, who uh, I would like to be off of the Eagles because it feels like he makes a dumb penalty once a week. Anyway, it's a 50, 57th edition of the Counterpoint Podcast. Uh, obviously, no no Counterpoint Podcast last week because if the Eagles are in a bias, so is Jack. That's not totally true. I was going to do it Thursday. Ran out of time. Uh, had to do Art of the Take. And then Friday, I felt like complete dog shit. So did not do Counterpoint on Friday. Did the weekend off. Um back now and some would say some would say better than ever it's the 57th edition of counterpoint podcast brought to you by the go birds pod or the gb's pod um on today's show a lot of fun stuff a lot of fun stuff to get into because um we have howie strokes we have glasses doug we have someone getting banned we have a, a member of the super bowl champs coming back we have a blackout uh just a loaded show and of course we have a we have a conversation with john barchard because he is dating someone and we need to make sure that she gets the trust tree uh, approval. We have a Cowboys counterpoint, the counterpoint mailbag, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. And finally, what's the line saying? Um, last week, the Eagles covered, which meant Jack won. I bet on the Eagles last week. I usually don't like doing that, but I was very confident that they were not going to lose to Blake Bortles, even though I got to be honest, like the fact that the Eagles made me nervous about Blake Bortles was, was infuriating. Blake Bortles 
Like he should never strike fear into any opponent. And the Eagles found a way to make Blake. Like I was afraid of Blake Bortles in the second half. I mean, he had 226 second half yards. Blake fucking Bortles, Jim. Tell you what, the Counterpoint Podcast is doing a hard turn on Jim Schwartz, but that does not have to be discussed now because we don't do serious football talk on the Counterpoint Podcast. Anyway, Golden Tate is officially an Eagle, and I know a lot of you guys sent in questions to um, me on Twitter asking if if asking about the 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 golden the golden tate name test and um i got to say that if he's already established like i don't need to do a name test because golden tate is already an established established player in the nfl and to do a name test after an established player doesn't really make any sense however i don't know if you saw this but he's wearing the number 19 and while i was all in on golden tate and i i love the idea and just adding him to these, like I, like I, some of you might be driving right now, but close your eyes and just envision an offense with an MVP at quarterback. And he has Golden Tate, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, and Dallas Goddard at his disposal with Nelson Aguilar as like the fifth option. And hopefully they can get Nelson Aguilar going a little bit. Just imagine that. That is, that is it's 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 Howie Strokes, it's the Carson Wentz Chubb meter, it's all that. Glasses, Doug, all that fun stuff. But when you picture him wearing number 19, you get visions of like Miles Austin. And the Carson Wentz Chubb meter goes away. 19 is an ugly number. And I got to be honest, it's hard to win a Super Bowl with a number 19 on the roster. 19, I got to say, if you put... There's no worse jersey combination in all of sports than a number in front of it and then a nine. 19, god-awful number. 29, bad number. Part of the reason why I was such a bust in college. I don't know if, you, and I don't know if many of you know this, but Jack Fritz was once a big-time, well, I mean, sort of big-time baseball prospect. Went to Bloomsburg, Division Two. Some say the SEC at Division II Baseball. And I worked 29, and all of a sudden, I didn't know how to throw up my slider anymore, and I got rocked. And even though I had the most money on the team, it didn't matter, because I was, I was out within two years. And I think a lot of that has to do with wearing the number 29. Now, obviously, LeGarrette Blunt wore 29 last year, but Shady went from 29 to 25. DeMarco Murray, 29. Garbage. So, I'm just saying, 29, 39, there's only been one good player in the history of sports and he's not good. Brett Myers wore 39. 49, get out. 59, it's a it's a pretty good, it's a it's a pretty fine, it's a pretty fine number. 69, obviously a great number. I mean, we all know why 69 is a great number. And also because John Running wore it and he went to Michigan. Um 79, it's fine. So I mean I I understand Brandon Brooks, but like it's just still the nine, still ugly. 89, it's a good receiver name. A good receiver jersey. 99 is fine. But like for the, for the majority of it, a number with a nine next to it is just complete trash. And I did some, this is going to be some analytics, but did you know that there's only been two Super Bowl champ rosters in the last nine years that have had a 19 on it? So if so facto, it's hard to win a Super Bowl with a number 19 on the roster. So while I got major Howie strokes 
when he traded for Golden Tate. Like I was sitting there on my couch in the spot. I was I was in the spot for the for the Golden Tate trade in the spot. Uh, I jumped up when I got back down on the seat, started typing out very fast, very very excited about the Golden Tate trade and the Howie strokes that induced after the Golden Tate trade. But you had to pick 19. Like Golden, you made 15 work. You somehow found a way to make 15 work. I don't know how you're supposed to make 19 work. 19 is an atrocity. It's an atrocity. Maybe the worst number in all sports. And somehow the Eagles have to overcome that and win a Super Bowl. Even though you're wearing the number 19. So, um, very excited, but again, bad jersey number. Great name, um, but bad jersey number. So, we'll move on. We'll move on. Eagles-Jags recap real quick. So, first off, I watched Eagles-Jags at my parents' house. I was not in my apartment where they blew out the Giants. Where I was, I was, so I was, I was a little bit nervous heading into the game. I was a little bit nervous, but we had a wedding the night before, and it wouldn't have made sense to go all the way back. So I watched it at home, and you know when you when you when you're freshly moved out and married and all that fun stuff, and you come back home, like of course you got to be peppered with a thousand questions, like about how life is and all this fun stuff. And since it was nine thirty in the morning, I woke up right around nine. So it wasn't like I had a grace period between waking up, getting all the questions out, and then being able to watch the Eagles. So I'm sitting there watching the Eagles, and I'm just getting, like it's the fourth quarter, and Blake Bortles is, is lighting up my Eagles, and, and the defense is collapsing again, and I had Carolina flashbacks all over again, and, and there's my mom just, just peppering me with questions, just peppering me with questions about this, that. It wasn't even the Eagle stuff. Like, it wasn't even the Eagle stuff I was getting peppered with. I was getting peppered with life questions, work questions. And I was like, I, eventually I snapped and said, Mom, like, I'm just trying to watch the Eagles. Like, can you just let me watch the Eagles? Because I, when I watch the Eagles, I watch it in complete silence. Unless something big happens. And then I freak out. But I need complete silence because I want to hear what the broadcasters are saying. I want to hear, listen, honestly, I just want to hear, I just want to hear Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday. I love when Carson Wentz says Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday! Anyway. Um, and she was just peppering me and there's, there's something where, it, you, you, and I'm sure the, the members of this podcast and that are, that are in the trust tree that are diseased Eagles fans feel the same way. I'm just trying to watch the Eagles. Can you just let me watch the Eagles? Can we talk about this, this life event? No one cares about my life. We only care about the Eagles. And uh, I, she had to get a stern talking to, had to give a stern talking to, to my mom and say, Hey, listen, this is a business. I'm not here to I'm not here to I'm not here to get peppered with questions. This is a business trip. I'm here to watch the Eagles. Please. 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 Can you just let me have that? And then of course, like she early in the game, she was doing the whole like clapping and, and all that stuff and like go, 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 go. And I just I, I hate it. I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I want to watch by myself. I don't want to be around people. <laughs> I had to give a start talking to, to my mom. She she deserved it. And she knows that. And she's better now. You know? Eventually, it makes you a, a tougher person, and I think I did that with my mom. Anyway, um, again, Doug, I, I, I'm recording this on a Wednesday, so that you have Thursday and Friday to listen to the podcast. Doug, in the first half, you sucked. The offense sucked. Everything sucked. And then Doug explained to me what happened at halftime. Because what I saw at halftime was you put on those fucking glasses and you came out 
and you had a damn good second half offensively. You were scheming better. You were getting Carson out of the pocket. So he can't get, he can't, he can't continue to fumble the football, even though I don't think he has a fumbling issue. And I wish he would just stop doing it so the narrative can go away because he's just getting blown up. And I don't like it. Doug, if you fuck around on Dallas week and you don't come out with the glasses, it's time to have a stern talking to. You have played your best football, Doug, with the glasses on. I understand you don't want to look like Andy Reid. Because I know you kind of look like Andy Reid when you put on those glasses. Look a little heavier. Some say the glasses add 10 pounds. And Doug, I think in your case, they do. You had the perfect coaching body last year. This year, Doug, you've added a few pounds, pounds, which is fine. Sometimes you got to bulk up. Big dogs got to eat. But put the glasses on, Doug. Stop messing around. I feel like you're attempting fate in the first quarter, first half. I feel like you're attempting fate. If you don't come out on Dallas Week on national TV with the glasses, you're going to have to you you you're going to have to come on the Counterpoint podcast and explain yourself. We all have new traditions, we all have new superstitions. Yours are the glasses. Figure it out. Figure it out. Moving on. We have to ban someone because this person, I tell you what, he was getting interviewed by everyone in Philly. He was tweeting out stuff during the trade deadline. And it was about, it was the day of the, it was the, day of the trade deadline. So this is like kind of outdated. But the day of the trade deadline, this person was, was, t- was tweeting out stuff about the Eagles. And he's been so wrong over and over and over again. And people keep interviewing him. And he keeps showing up on clips like he has any idea what he's doing. Jason LaConfora is the first real national reporter to get banned from the Counterpoint podcast. I have never been so serious about a, a, a banishment from this podcast than I am about Jason LaConfora. Because no one, no one has been more wrong about the Eagles. And this is including, this is including Ian Rappaport, which I didn't think was possible. I didn't think it was possible for a human being to be more wrong than Ian Rappaport and Jason LaConfora, which I'm not even sure is a real name, found a way to be more unreliable than Ian Rappaport. And for that, Jason, you are banned from the Counterpoint podcast. You let us on for a month plus about Le'Veon Bell and how the Eagles are really interested in Le'Veon Bell. Meanwhile, everyone else around you who is actually reputable, reputable, Schefter, Mort, were like, it's not happening. It's not happening. Everyone, Howard, Howard Eskin saying not happening. Adam Kaplan, people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about are saying no. And, th- and then there you are, Jason LaConfora saying, oh, no, they're, st- they're still really interested. Apparently, you are friends with Howie Roseman. And apparently, you're actually not friends with Howie Roseman because that dude is lying to you all the time. So you are wrong. Stop putting out Eagle stuff. Stop getting everyone in this town excited about some things. It's just, and, and during the day of the trade deadline, when you're talking about the Eagles and how you can make all these moves, and it was getting towards four o'clock, and it was like, well, honestly, trade deadline time is a very nerve wracking time for me, just like free agency time, because, you know, there's a deadline and you're worried about four hours out, like they're not going to make a move. They don't care for the season. They're just punting the season. And lock and four is like, oh no, the Eagles. Listen, listen, listen. We were all in a very vulnerable spot. And you heard us over and over again. 
Jason, you heard the trust tree. You hurt the people. You heard disease Eagles fans. And for that, you were banned. Thank you. Uh, big news yesterday is that Timmy Jernigan's back. Timmy Jernigan is, is a much needed part of the Eagles defense because, ah, oh man, I don't want to, I don't want to get too technical with football because it's kind of my podcast is not for smart football, but whatever. Anyway, Fletcher Cox has obviously been a beast, but I'm worried that Fletcher Cox is eventually going to start getting worn down. Like just trust tree stuff. I'm worried he's going to get worn down. He's been so good. And he has clearly come back with a purpose to win Defensive Player of the Year. But naturally, defensive tackles start to get worn out a little bit. They are, they are relying on Travion Webster. I think that's his name. Hester? Travion. One of the, some guy. Some guy. Uh, Haloti not has barely played. Like, the depth just isn't there. But if you add back Timmy Jernigan to the middle of that defense, it not only gives Fletch a little bit of a break, but it, it makes the rotation pieces that much better. Like, Bo Allen was propped up last year because Timmy Jernigan was so good. So, I'm just saying, I'm very excited about Timmy Jernigan. I don't think it's going to be within the next two weeks. Maybe three weeks from now. But the fact that it feels like the Eagles are just getting healthy now, I feel a little run coming. I feel a little special Eagles magic. Golden Tate's here. Carson's MVP level. Alshon's fully healthy. Doug did some things in the second half of that of the, of the Jaguars game with the glasses on that I was like, man, this is the old Doug. Um, defense is getting healthier. They need to get the cornerbacks back, but it just feels like everything's starting to come together for this team to go on a run. The hangover's done. Don't worry about it. The Super Bowl hangover is dead. Um, Timmy Jernigan's back. Let's fucking go. Anyway, um, Sunday. There are a few things, and it's it's weird. So um, the Eagles announce a, 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 a blackout. They announce a blackout, and I just I see I see a lot of blackout slander on Twitter, and I just want to talk to those people and get inside their head because the blackout is the single greatest jersey the Eagles have. Combined with it being night out, Connor Barwin talked about how he felt faster in the black. Black is slimming. Look at me. I know black is slimming. Like I'm just saying, the blackout is the greatest thing the Eagles do. And the slander that I've seen regarding said blackout, I don't like it one bit. And I'm very excited for the black jerseys on Sunday for an absolute beatdown of that Cowboys team. Anyway, last thing on Jack's rundown, um, the Eagles yesterday bringing a cornerback from Chicago. And his name is Cravion LeBlanc. And I just don't know why that guy's not playing in the CFL. Like, I'm obviously not Cravion LeBlanc's agent. But if I was his agent, I would say, listen, time to give up on the NFL dream. Get your ass to the CFL. You will automatically be like playing Montreal and you'll be one of the most loved CFL players of all time. It's too good of a name. Now, Cravion, I'm a big name desk guy, and I'm sure you're listening to this podcast to try to assimilate yourself with Eagles culture. You have a bad NFL name, but Cravion, you have a phenomenal a phenomenal CFL name. So get your ass up there and start playing for the Montreal team. You'll thank me later. All right. So we're sitting here uh, and I feel like I had to deepen my voice to get into a very serious mode. Yes. Down here. Wow. I don't know what you just said. Yeah. I don't, were you just I don't. captivated by aliens? I, I was. Has it been a, a long day? 
It's been it's been a long week already, uh, and it's or only Wednesday. So I yeah, know yeah. I'm so tired all the time. Anyway, uh, so uh, a, a bit of breaking news for the the Go Birds Pod or the GBS Pod, like we call it on Counterpoint. Uh, John Barchard is is dating a woman. It's and, true, and it's a, it's a real person, right? So it's a real person. Wow, verified by James Seltzer. Wow, <laughs> nice. Did you get the James Seltzer approval? Oh yeah. I feel like you'd have double to, thumbs up. I feel like you have to do like a lot to be on James Seltzer's bad side. Yeah, yeah. Because he's he's the first wall that you have to go through. It's like, well, it's like, like if you don't if you don't get along with James, that's a humongous red it's, flag. It's it's you're right. Yeah. It is a humongous red flag. Um, bigger red flag here, John is. I don't know if you know this or if you remember this, but the Eagles won the Super Bowl when you were single, and now it's true, and now you are dating. Although it was muddy, it was a muddied. It was not single and then single during the Eagles season last year. So while the Eagles were soaring, you were in a roller coaster. I was, yeah. I was dating. Everything was good, and you know what? When I broke up, Wentz got hurt. So. Well, no, no, but it was the downturn of that relationship, and then we broke up. Okay. So that's why I thought all hope was lost to begin with. Right. Just like you did, but you were preparing to get married, so it's <laughs> a little bit different. Maybe you're the forces of nature were working. I think so. To I think even so. Us out. Yeah. So you're not. So you're not worried that this newfound relationship slash moving in is is going to jeopardize the season for the Philadelphia Eagles. I can't tell you that I haven't thought about it. Yeah, I would hope you have thought about. It. That's what the trust trees for. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, we're it's four and four. They're it's four and like, four, like John. This is, and they're on the come up, you know, or at least everybody believes they're on the come up. I'm just saying that the fact that you would do this at the most critical portion of the season, it's 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 cause for concern. The it, trust tree is concerned, even though the trust tree didn't know about this until five seconds ago. <laughs> me, you, me, the stump of the trust tree. I should have asked. I yes, should have asked. You I actually should have come on here to say if it was okay to date again. The the, the fucking balls on you to, to not even consider coming on this podcast and discussing whether or not you are allowed to date again <laughs> is is just embarrassing. I know. Listen. This is what I, this podcast is here for. Trust Important me. Eagle stuff. Trust me. I've made some mistakes in my life, and yeah. this is probably the biggest one. What about, know, I didn't even consult you guys first. What about greenlighting the Counterpoint podcast in general? Is that one of the biggest mistakes of your life? No. That's the best thing I think I've ever done. <laughs> Do you know how many people ask me about it? Like, how come, what's the delay with with Fritz? And then because of you, for some reason, they always blame me because yes. if it's not out. Because now I've had, my sh- I've, ha- I've had my share of one or two on my own of not getting it out quick enough, but don't let Jack fool you, all right? No, here's my philosophy is that the birds are on a buy, Jack's on a buy. <laughs> yes, no, that's, I think that should be true of, of everybody. Okay, I feel like you're deflecting here. You're, you're, you're deflecting Promise. from the, the, the true, the true. My um, charm is not working. Okay, um, can I... I don't know her name yet, but I'm going to close. Should my- I tell everybody? Yes, you have to. No, just you don't have to say the last name. I just want the first name to see if she passes the Jack Fritz name test. Carrie. Carrie's a good name. It's a Carrie with an I. I don't know if that makes a difference. Like C A R R I E. K E R I. K E R I. I've never seen it spelled that way. Yeah, Carrie with it that way. Uh, I like I like the C <laughs> version better. <laughs> Is, is this it, like the Josh Sweat thing? I don't if know. It's not, a, not a football player. It's like she's not a girlfriend. Carry on Johnson. Carry on my Johnson. Carry on your Johnson. Yeah. Um, Carrie's a good name. It's just that. So here's my one problem with the name Carrie. All right. Is that in my eyes, a Carrie is always 35 years old. Well, she is 35. Okay. <laughs> but she never gets old. But she never gets old. I didn't say that, by the way. She looks like she's 21. So I'm just saying that. 
in my eyes, a, a Carrie never gets older than 35. And also, I've watched a lot of Homeland, and Carrie in Homeland is a psycho. She is. She's crazy. But I don't she's like also that, amazing. Carrie. Yeah, she is. Well, no, 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 no. no. There was a there was a two year period where she was the single worst character in the history of television. Yes, I hated her. Awful. Yeah. And then she got. She was back, and she was she not crazy. Right back. Yeah. The, the, Start listen, taking her pills again. Yeah. Just listen. Listen. Creators of Homeland, just have her on her pills. No one cares that she's a psychopath. Yes. No one wants to watch that. We want to watch her destroy terrorists. Like that's what that's I'm here it. for. Yeah. Um, or have sex with them. That's okay. Well, too. that was that was that was part of the crazy <laughs> carry run. We, we were not spoiler a, alert. Sorry. Yeah, it was yeah. season four. It's like yeah, four years. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. So. Carrie, I you told me when you started dating that she was a Giants fan growing she, up. She grew up as one. Okay. And now she's deflected to not caring about sports. That's a good part. If yeah. she was willing to back off of that that easily, yeah. I think that's a good sign for the future of your relationship. She likes sunshine, beaches, uh, wine, beer, that whole thing. Music. Not sports. Big Missy Elliott fan. It's fine. Sure. We'll yeah. live with Missy Elliott. Yeah, of course we will. Why wouldn't we? I think I think you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get into your mayor side. That's a, that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> we were even more with John Mayer. You've been trying to get me into John Mayer for how long? I'm not now? Even trying to get. It's just you're you're being you're being naive. I'm not being naive. It's one of the five greatest guitarists of all time. That's terrible. That's terrible, John Mayer. That's bad, John Mayer. <laughs> well, that's how everybody knew him. Well, I know, but that's not that's that. See, this is see. I might start a John Mayer podcast, and you should actually. Uh oh, breaking news. Uh, no. <laughs> Jack no, I was so insane. Whenever you get a, whenever you get a, a text message from someone important, you just kind of make sure it's not that. Yeah, like serious to respond I, did, to. I just want to make sure I didn't do anything wrong. Like you know, you know when you get a, I don't know, when you get a text from your coach saying like, "Can you come talk to me?" Um, that's always like the worst yeah. feeling in the world. That's how I feel when this said person texts me. Spike. <laughs> and like, I just <laughs> no, feel the same way. I just want to make sure I wasn't <laughs> doing anything wrong. But it's turned out it's just something. Art of the take related. I want you to keep hammering me, but uh, wow, uh, this is just relax, come, buddy. This just come from Ruben Frank. Um, Dallas Goddard on whether anyone offered him money to change his name this week. They started a GoFundMe, but it would have have to get pretty high to change it. I mean, I figure, why aren't you part of? This? I figured you'd be the number one person in charge of this movement this week. Do you want to know why, John? Uh, I, of course, I do. It's because I just, I just, the Cowboys are so irrelevant. I'm so tired of the the Cowboys thing. It's just like to me, the Cowboys are just another team, and like I just like Dallas Goddard. Like it's his name, it's his dad's name. Like his dad named him Dallas because he's a Dallas fan. Like it just happens, and like to change his name, like that is something that I think fraud fans do. Like getting worked up over Dallas. Like obviously we all hate yeah. Dallas, but like right. but like oh my god, change his name. Oh, it's like it's like what are you doing? Like you're just a fraud. Like you're just a fraud. But the, I guarantee the people that started that GoFundMe were the same people that are standing outside Novacare last year saying run the ball, Doug. With oh, like that gosh. big sign. Yeah, biggest that. frauds in the yeah. world. Um. Okay. So back to the very important discussion yes. about your 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 girl. Okay. okay. So, so she is not a sports fan, which I think is good because yeah. if you because like you're obviously going to get into the games, even though you're not really watching the games, you're. Kind Kind of just you're kind of here all the time. You're not going to yeah. really be watching at home, but it's, and I want to clarify, she was watching with me uh, during a London game, and she saw the craziness come out. Well, how, okay, so how how far did you go? Was it were you acting like no one was in the room? Yeah, 
I always do, okay. even if they are. In the well, room. it's important for her to see what that side of you yeah. is. It's because it, it's the Eagles are an important part of your life, and for you not to show that side is just doing a disservice to to Carrie. Yeah, no, I did the I did the jump up twice, the let's fucking go, mm. slapping the walls, you know, slapping James Seltzer in the hands, all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I love it. I love it. That's that, and the fact that she came out the other side saying, "I still want to be with this psychopath." Yes. <laughs> that's probably a good sign. For and the- she asked, asked questions when. You know, it was appropriate. She didn't get into the into the groove of, of uh, you know. That's a big development. Yeah, yeah. That's a big development because I can't. So I was watching Jaguars game with my with at my parents' house because we were at a wedding the night before, and my mom was just fucking peppering me with questions in the fourth quarter. And eventually, <laughs> I was like, Mom, I'm trying to watch the fucking Eagles. Can you just stop for five seconds? I was I was so mad. Is, can I, no matter who is in the room, that is the worst thing. My because. Uh, my roommate's friend like pretends he's a sports person, but he's not. And just hey, whatever happened to Des Bryant in the middle of him? It, like it's third and twelve or or whatever. Just out of the middle of nowhere. That's the most annoying thing in the world. So I I demand silence unless something happens. Like I need dead silence. I don't want anyone talking. Like it is it is a day ruiner. And I'm I'm just wondering, does she understand the no talking rules? She already found. A spot for me. Oh my God! Okay, this is good. This she, is your 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 opening interview here is going well. Now, I I mean, this might be open up too much, but we're we're not only we're not only dating, but we're gonna be living together. Soon. Yes. So that's a big. Move. The first move that she made was, oh hey, there's a perfect spot where you can put a TV and go crazy and record all your podcasts. And I go, in. We're good. In. We're so good. Okay, so this is good. This is good. This is a very opening. Like you know, we're we're worried about you, and we don't want you jeopardizing the season at the same time. And there's there's gonna come a time where where she's gonna be like, you gotta stop worrying about the Eagles so much. But right now you're in a good spot. Should we have an open house? Should we just invite everybody over to make sure it's okay? Mm, to have the trust tree open house. Yeah. Well, see, here's the problem. We don't have to do it. <laughs> here's the problem. With the trust tree open house is that you, you're going to say, "Oh, it's a lot of fun. We'll have beer." We're there for a business trip. No, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, and that's what I think everyone should dress up exactly how they dress up in their Eagles gear or whatever it is on Sundays, and then she has to like have this almost. Um, uh, what's the most diseased thing that she should wear, like as a a seance or like a, an approval? Like it should be. Should it be like a crazy looking? Uh, like if you were to drive to Lancaster and have just this all white dress that she kind of looks like she's in a cult and she has to hold a candle and everybody has to wow. ask her a question to prove type of thing or like that, is, there, is, there, is there a Kelly green tint on it? Yeah, yeah, like that. I just like it's 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 in and out. And then, of the and then we have Kelly and then green. we have like a, an initiation. Yeah, initiation. Say, uh, dear Carrie, um, as you as you take the plunge with with our our, our favorite son John Barchard. Um, you have to understand that the trust tree is a is a very important place. <laughs> and, it, and if she if she can make it through that, then it's okay. A candle vigil. <laughs> candle people are just holding candles. Like, <laughs> we have we have you in the background. Maybe not you because you have to be a part of this whole yeah. thing. You have to be like holding her hand at the same time. Right. Someone in the background is going with a, a slight little. Oh, oh yes. Well, you know what? We'll bring back <laughs> Isaac Pack. Is that his name? <laughs> Isaac Pack. Ian. Uh, Ian. I can't remember his I last name. I forget the Halo yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Halo guy from Northwestern. <laughs> I, uh, as I'm furiously typing, Ian Northwestern Northern. Wow, Northwestern. Never invite me to a spelling contest. 
Can't you just say Halo guy? Uh, yeah, but that's, I guess... Uh, Ian, Park. Ian Park. Ian Park. Ian Park. So oh, we're not as dizzy as we thought. We'll we were. have him. In the, we'll have him in the background. It will be a candlelight vigil, and we'll say, um, "Do you take this man, even with his all diseased, to be your boyfriend slash yeah roommate for now?" <laughs> yes. Yes. For let's now. Do that. Let's okay. Do that, that sounds like the good. That sounds like a good initiation, John. Uh, happy for you, buddy. And uh, it sounds like she is. Is she's, she? Sounds like she's all in. She she's, sounds like she's all in on the trust. She's all in. She's she's okay with the disease, but maybe not being diseased herself. Well, no one really wants to be like well diseased because it's like it's like a disease. Like it's not. It's like something that's a part of us that just makes other people miserable. Right. Exactly. Although if I fucking see you with an Instagram on game day. I'll know you're a changed man. <laughs> I hate Instagram on game on day. game day. Really? Oh, we my. do it at the tailgates all the time. Nah, it's different on the story. Yeah, it's just like when I'm when I go on Instagram on game day. It's all these fucking frauds that are in their Wentz jerseys and they're like beer bongs and like it's just like yeah, you know when are, when people realize that this is a business, that's when that's when I'll, I'll accept <laughs> you into the trust tree. And all right, that's it's good. good. It's good to see that she's already there. I like it. All right, the Cowboys counterpoint is like, it's almost like the jokes write themselves. Like, it's it's almost too easy. I feel bad almost picking on the count, uh, on the Cowboys for the, their version of, of the counterpoint podcast. But I just can't do it. I, I can't, I can't let them, can't let them slide by because they're a dumpster fire. Let's, let's just roast the Cowboys real quick. One, they're going to extend Dak Prescott, which it's just, it's just, it's almost borderline incompetent. It shows incompetency. Like you're going to extend a quarterback who I'm not even sure is better than Tim Tebow at his, at his peak. Zach Prescott, who you, you, you trade a first round pick to go get Amari Cooper because you think that might save Dak and make him look pretty good. You have rendered Zeke useless because of how bad Dak Prescott is. You forced out Tony Romo who is actually good and may have taken that team to the Super Bowl to build your team around Dak. I love you. This, this, whole, this whole Cowboys counterpoint, it's more like an I love you thing. I love this team. <laughs> I just, I love this team. And Jerry Jones on Monday or Tuesday during his radio interview, Tuesday during his radio interview, comes out and says that Dak's a great young quarterback and we're going to extend him. And earlier in the year, he puts him in the same category as Jared Goff, after they lose at home, he says he says they're going to extend Dak Prescott after they lose at home to the Tennessee Titans. Like get blown out at home by the Tennessee Titans. That's next level stuff. You have, you have Troy Aikman coming out on national TV saying that actually it wasn't national TV. It was a, it was a Fort Worth station saying that um, <laughs> everyone needs to go. Um, and he's like best friends with Jerry Jones. So uh, it's just what a dumpster fire. The offensive line who was once regarded as the, the best NFL, uh, best offensive line in the league, just completely falling apart. Like they're they're allowing the I think the the most they've allowed the most the, the highest sack percentage in the entire NFL is by the Cowboys offensive line. That was supposed to be their calling card, the thing that was going to save them um, from any downturn. Um, just amazing. The, the 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 offensive line falling apart, and unfortunately, bad stuff happened to Travis Frederick, and that stinks. But everything else falling apart is just. Um, amazing. Also, Jason Garrett, like for some reason, when I, when I picture Jason Garrett, is there a scarier coach or sports figure in all of sports to, to, to have a nightmare about 
or to see in to see in a dream, like in a scary dream. Like Jason Garrett to me, when you close your eyes and you're in the middle of a scary dream, like he is the face of like he's just such such a creepy face. He is a horror film face. And he's and and every like there I get a sick pleasure <laughs> out of seeing him clapping when everything is falling apart around him. I there's nothing better than that. And I I I think if I think once his coaching career comes to an end, which will be soon, although hopefully, you know, it's not after Sunday. Like, I hope they keep Jason Garrett around forever. I think he has a career as like a horror film face because his face is terrifying. And it's it's one that would scare a lot of kids. Like, I would feel bad if like if I if I lived in Jason Garrett's neighborhood and last week was Halloween and I was sending my kids around the neighborhood, I would how would have to walk up to Jason Garrett's house with my kids because I would be so worried about them being afraid after seeing what Jason Garrett's face looked like, especially in Halloween. There's no, there's no other, there's no, there isn't one coach in the NFL or all of sports more scarier to envision in a hot, in a horror film than Jason Garrett. Just a fact. Also, clearly the Cowboys did not listen to the rule of 19 and no, they don't know how hard it is to win a Super Bowl with a 19 on the roster. You would think they would have learned this during the miles Austin era when again, they did not win a Super Bowl. Um, Again, two in the last nine years. That's that's not a good ratio. That's not a good ratio to have. And you 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 trade a first round pick for Amari Cooper, and then you give him nineteen. Like, how is he supposed to thrive? How is Amari Cooper supposed to thrive as a nineteen? And you you, you give a first round pick for him. It's just like the level of incompetency even comes down to the equipment room. Totally embarrassing. Sean Lee is hurt again. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know how Dak's supposed to be good if Sean Lee's hurt again. Um, poor Sean Lee hurt every it's it it is it is like clockwork with this guy. Oh, he's had a great start to the season. Man, we'll talk to you in week eight. Exactly every single year. Every single year with Sean Lee. So listen, it's a Cowboys counterpoint. It's just it's too easy. The the jokes write themselves. And thank you for the jokes. But um again, Jason, when your career's over, which it may be on Monday morning, you have a career. I laid out the plan for you. You're welcome. Counterpoint Mailbag time, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. Uh, let's get right into it. So from Kayla Fredrickson, our friend Kayla. Um, Hi, Jack. Well, I don't have to worry about my boyfriend's weird interest in Jimmy Johnson or Eli Manning anymore because he broke up with me in a text in the third quarter of the Jags game. Well, Kayla, they won. So maybe that's uh, I mean, it's a good sign. Uh, it's a little embarrassing to tell everyone that, but I had to do it because this is the trust tree and only disease Eagles fan can really understand what kind of ass, what an asshole move that is. He knew the game was on. Can we ban him from the podcast? First off, I wanted to ban him the first time, but it seemed like you guys were happy. Um, anytime you're a track coach, I just want to ban you from life in general. Um, but your ex-boyfriend is, is very banned, very much banned, not even He's not even allowed to listen to the podcast. That's how banned he is. Um, on the bright side, we started dating soon after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and they won after he broke up, so maybe this will turn the season around. Yeah, it's not too late. It's not too late to turn, turn the season around, and, and Kayla, I think this is a good time. Good time for it. Stay strong and enjoy this run the Eagles are about to go on. From Mark Savory. Hey, okay, Jack, I know you didn't see it, so where do I start? First of all, you should ban someone from the pod for this. Maybe even the entire Monday Night Football franchise. Wow. Um, if it wasn't bad enough listening to that dumbass Witten for four quarters, throw in a ref named Jerome Booger, a sideline commentator named Booger, and a so-called halftime show featuring a mid-level 90s grunge band. What a shit show. Let me set it up for you. Halftime arrives, 
in what was a surprisingly close game between the Bills and Pats, the stadium has the lights turned down for a special presentation to retire Thurman Thomas's number 34. Most of the crowd have their phones out, which looks cool. Then the female announcer says, okay, let's head down uh, to Niagara Falls for a halftime performance by, by Bush. Here's where things get weird. All of a sudden, we are transported to a backdrop of Niagara Falls and Bush playing or lip syncing, um, and it's daytime. Daytime. What the fuck? So it's not a live performance? And it looks so staged like a cheesy music video. Did I mention it's black and white? Bush are looking old. And they have about 20 people, paid actors, uh, pretending to be enjoying this nonsense. And most of them are wearing Bill's gear as they sway back and forth like zombies from The Walking Dead. Ban someone, Jack. This is NFL bullshit at its stinkiest. Still diseased and still in the trust tree. Wow. Loaded. All I'm saying is that um, when, when Booger McFarlane is in his little seat here on Monday Night Football and he's blocking people from their view, it's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. Um, all right. From Alex Mancilla. Hello, Jack. My girlfriend is a big Bears fan, and I got tickets for her birthday to go to the Bears-Giants game at MetLife. She wants me to get a Bears jersey to wear to the game, and of course, fuck no, I will not be doing that, <laughs> being that I will be in enemy territory. Do you think I should wear my Earth Super Bowl jersey, Dawkins jersey, Fletcher Cox jersey, or just casual Eagles sweater? Love the show and keep up the cockiness. Alex, break out the Dawk jersey. Break it out. It's, it's, it's a Dawk weekend. It's a Doc weekend. I I I I want pics of of you wearing Brian Dawkins to a, a random Giants Bears game, which I'll probably bet on the Bears in. Um, from Tom DeSaro, um, hey Jack, as I have mentioned in in the past, my dad's whole family is from Pennsylvania, but I grew up in Connecticut. While my father raised me an Eagles and Flyers fan, he does not really follow baseball. So in elementary school, I became a Red Sox fan after a friend of mine with season tickets brought brought me to Fenway for a few games. As you can imagine, I'm pretty excited to have both of my teams win this year, though. Orders of magnitude more excited for the Eagles. Good. The thought never even crossed my mind to fly to Boston for the parade. That's good. Also, living in LA made it interesting to wear my hat around. Eh, that, that makes sense. Is there a way to properly commemorate the fact that two of my favorite teams won their respective championships without being kicked out of the trust tree? Have I already been kicked out of the trust tree? Um, preferably, I would like to wear something Eagles, something something to the Eagles Rams game that would really annoy all bandwagons fans that suddenly go to Rams games and call me a fraud for wearing Eagles gear. True story. Um, well, see, this is this. It's an Eagles podcast. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a Philly sports podcast. Even though I like to think that everyone that enjoys Philly sports is in the trust tree. Um, so I, I can't take you out of the trust tree because this is mostly an Eagles podcast. Um, and listen, if you didn't have a baseball team growing up and you lived in Connecticut and you get sucked in by Fenway, I would probably be a Red Sox a Red Sox fan too. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying how I feel. Um, and the jersey you should wear, um, if you don't want to be called, what well, would annoy bandwagon Rams fans, a Connor Barwin, a Connor Barwin Eagles jersey. That sounds fair to me. Um, from Brian Seville. Hey Jack, with Howie not trading for a running back before the deadline, could this mean we'll see more Adams? I like the fact that he's a bigger back and he has produced more than Smallwood or Clement in the running games in terms of yard per carry. I think a bigger workload will do some good stuff for him as a whole, especially with the addition of Golden Tate. What are your thoughts? Yeah, see, I like Josh Adams. I just wish he kind of ran as hard as, as Blunt did at the end of the game. So I wish they had a guy they could hand the ball to in the fourth quarter. They would run over dudes and people would not want to tackle if the games get colder. And, and I feel like Josh Adams like runs smaller than he actually is. But yeah, sure. I, I want more Josh Adams. I want as much. I want I want less Wendell Smallwood. It's <laughs> basically where I come down on it. Um, from Steve Merkley. Um, hey, Jack, you, you're you given the opportunity to attend the next Super Bowl, which the Eagles will be in, with field passes in hand. Only problem is you have to go out 
and watch the game with Jill's parents, what do you do? Do you go and watch the game knowing you may jeopardize Carson's first real attempt at a Super Bowl winning as a Super Bowl winning quarterback, or do you trust the trust tree enough to stay home? <sighs> Man, that's tough. That's tough. I would I would watch it with I would watch it with Jill's parents. I would I would I would take one for the trust tree. I I would do it for you for you disease listener of this podcast from Chris Cosme. Interesting. Hey Jack. So I, like many others have now seen the error of my ways. I had this one Eagle shirt that I wore for the entire postseason run in route to the Super Bowl. Um, I thought I would decide to retire before the season began because you know, the new norm after that horrible Carolina game, I was in the link for, I searched high and low and found that shirt Monday, found it and wore it Sunday. Keep it on for the rest of the season. Yes. Keep on that jersey. Keep on that shirt for the rest of the season. We need to get things back going in our favor. Keep that shirt on, Chris. Um, From Frank Hall. Dear Jack, been a while since I last wrote, but based on recent results, uh, I feel like I had to. This week, or based on recent events, I feel like I had to. This week, I've been more confident than ever in Dougie P, and not just because he brought back the glasses. No, football side, the shit show that was the Boston Red Sox parade has me convinced that our coach is infinitely better than Alex Cora at handling winning, as evidenced by their ability to catch cans. Can Boston even handle its beer? Even Mookie, Mookie Betts is frustrated with fans over the beer that they were sharing, and the Super Bowl and the World and the World Series trophy took a beating. The birds obviously know how to party better after championships. Yeah, like Dougie P was out there catching beers while Alex. Cora couldn't handle it. It's embarrassing. Also, Boston. I don't understand how we can consider Boston a a a four a four a four sports city when the Reds or when the Patriots don't don't even play in Boston. They're they're a three sports town from now on. Boston is a three sport town. Hate to see it. Um, on to a serious question, though. My girlfriend has recently converted into, into a proper Eagles fandom after two years of dating and now has her first jersey. Malcolm Jenkins, number 27. We've noticed a phenomenon across the NFL, though, while watching, and that is punchable faces. What I mean is certain players just seem to have a really seem to have really frustrating looks on their faces whenever game broadcasts cut over to them, like Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and Matt Ryan. Though we're not sure if the Eli face is quite punchable in nature. We were wondering what counterpoint stance was on punchable NFL faces and if there was a ranking you'd, you'd subscribe to. Also, how does saying the GBs pod not give you the heebie-jeebies? <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. I thought about that as well, Brian, or, or Jay. I, I really have. Um, punchable faces are just they're, just, they're just natural. Like for me, Cole Beasley punchable face Dak Prescott punchable face and he won't fight back he's a bad fighter um Romo for the longest time just because it was like Romo I don't have a a ranking it's just like when you see a face you know it I don't think the Eagles have one that's how likable they are um all right that is going to do it for the counterpoint mailbag now final thing what's the line saying the Eagles are six point favorites love it I wish it I wish you could take it up to, to nine nine and a half you're going to win this game by double, double digits. Everything's back on track. Eagles back on track. Super Bowl hangover over. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. No bye week. So I'll be back next week. 